Alrighty, what's going on, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of the Trent Corville Show. I am him. I greatly appreciate everybody joining us here on this beautiful day. And ladies and gentlemen, super wild card weekend of the NFL playoffs has come and gone. And ladies and gentlemen, it did not disappoint, even though... A lot of blowouts, okay? Majority of the games were blowouts, but it's kind of like the college football semifinals that I talked to you folks about. It's usually a blowout, right? There's usually, same thing as college football in the NFL. The NFL has eight teams, maybe, that can actually go on a run to the Super Bowl. Obviously, you have the anomalies, like in, in my lifetime, at least the New York Giants, you know, going 9-7 and seven in a season and then defeating the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl. That rarely rarely happens. And so when we get to the wild card weekend, and it's super wild card weekend because the NFL graced us with another game, and that's absolutely beautiful, and we appreciate that. The first game of super wild card weekend, the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Before I start, the Las Vegas Raiders, I have one shout out to give, and that is to the interim head coach, Rich Basacci, okay? Paisan Richie. How's your family, Rich? Apparently a story came out about Rich Basaccia, and he goes up anytime he sees a player, anybody in the facility, anybody who works for the Raiders. The first question is, true Paisan here, how's your family? That's what he says every single time. Immediately love Rich Basaccia. He took over a franchise that was in turmoil. He took over a franchise to where their head coach for the last 10 years was sending incredibly offensive emails to people in the league via his NFL email. So newsflash, Gruden, I don't know if you know how technology works, but every single one of those emails is saved. Every single one of those emails, Roger Goodell has access to. And when you call him a slur, and when you call people in the NFL slurs, racist, homophobic, sexist, you name it, he had it. Imagine having to take over a franchise like that. And then a week later, your wide receiver, Henry Ruggs, gets in a fatal car accident where he kills a woman. And he's your first round draft pick two years ago. He's out of the league. He's in prison. And this is, an, this is an interim head coach having to deal with all this. And he leads the Raiders to a playoff game. Unbelievable by Rich Bisaccia. I believe he should get the head coaching job. Obviously, there's a lot of clowns in the front office over there in Las Vegas, a la Mark Davis, okay? If you've seen the guy, he's got a bowl cut. He's an absolute clown. Your head coach is already in the building. He's already there. There's no need for a search. All you got to do is go get a GM. And the problem with going to hire a GM, usually the GM wants to bring in his own coach. That, that's the problem. If I was, you know, a player personnel guy, you know, and I'm interviewing for GM jobs, and I see what Rich Bisaccia did with the Las Vegas Raiders, huh, keep, keep that guy. What are we doing? Every player, you know, after, you know, post-game interviews, they all want Rich Bisaccia. And so what are you going to do? You're going to, you know, get rid of him and bring in somebody else? That's ah, going to ruin your franchise. Typical Raiders, typical Raiders, but the Cincinnati uh, Bengals took on the Las Vegas Raiders in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow. Right, We knew that final season at LSU, the talent that he had, 60 touchdown passes, undefeated season, a national championship, number one overall pick. I, I wouldn't say expected him to be great, but in year two, to lead uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who won three football games last season, 
Okay, and obviously Joe Burrow was hurt last season. He tore his ACL. But to come back, to team him up with Jamar Chase, who's a rookie in the NFL, 1,400 receiving yards, 13 touchdowns in the regular season, did it again in the playoffs. Majority of their, uh, their like Tyler Boyd, he's 25 years old. Joe Burrow's 25. You know, he spent a couple more years in college having to transfer and everything. Jamar Chase is 21 years old. T. Higgins is 23 years old. This is a team that is going to be around for a very, very long time. And to have a kid like Joe Burrow, who seems like unfazable, and I'm not comparing him to Aaron Rodgers yet, I'm not comparing him to any of these greats yet, but when you see a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who third and 18, you know, they're blitzing five, six people to remain calm to keep your eyes downfield and throw the football with precision and accuracy. That's what Joe Burrow does. And it was a beautiful display in Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Bengals hadn't won a playoff game in 30 years. Joe Burrow in his second, basically his rookie season with the team that they have to lead them to the playoffs, to get them their first playoff win. Look, I don't think they'll win the Super Bowl. I don't think they'll get out of the divisional round, quite honestly. But you have to be incredibly excited for the, if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan. And I would be too. I mean, they're, besides the Chiefs, in my personal opinion, they're the f- most fun team to watch in the NFL. To say that with a rookie wide receiver and basically a rookie quarterback, you imagine what they're going to be in five years? And, and, and two, like, a lot of people are saying about Joe Burrow and a lot of players, and from what we're hearing, already people are wanting to go to Cincinnati to play with Joe Burrow because he's so cool. He, he's, he's everything you want, at least for me, everything you want in a quarterback. He can relate to every guy in the locker room, regardless of background, race, color, creed. It does not matter. He is your guy. And if you see his pregame speeches, his postgame speeches, it's calm, cool, and collected. Let's go win another one, boys. Couldn't go to war with a better group of men. I remember when he said that, and he's looking, and he he was he said, couldn't go to war with a better group of men, and then he's just staring at everybody in the front row of his team, and everybody's like, talk to him, Joe. Talk to him, Joe. That's how you know you've got a locker room, and that's how you know you have a successful quarterback. In this game, obviously there's a controversy with the uh, Joe Burrow throws a touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd. And the whistle was blown when the ball was in the air, and the refs came out and said that they didn't believe that the whistle was blown while the ball was in the air. It definitely was. It definitely was blown. But at the same time, in the NFL rulebook, there are reasons to why they did call it a touchdown. Now, I didn't dive too deep into the NFL rulebook because the officiating over the past couple weeks has been unbelievable. I mean, what are we doing? The power, I think there's like a power structure with a lot of these guys, you know what I'm saying? And they've just been calling things wrong and and I don't understand it. And look, I wanted Cincinnati to win. I took Cincinnati in that game uh, minus the three and a half and it was obviously proved effective. But that that was interesting to me that there wasn't more conversation in game about that play. There should have been an official review. There should have, you should have gone to New York and asked questions, and they didn't. So Cincinnati takes the win, 26-19. And again, hats off to the Raiders. They played a great, great season with everything that was going on. I mean, for God's sakes, the franchise is getting investigated by the IRS right now, and they go to the playoffs. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. So hats off to the Raiders, but more importantly, hats off to the Cincinnati Bengals. Jamar Chase I would put him in my top five receivers in the NFL right now. And that might be a crazy thing to say for a rookie. He is that good. 
that good. And ladies and gentlemen, I played receiver in high school. Okay. And no, I was not great at it, but what I do know, I, I am a student of the game. That's, that's how I think I, I understand football, especially from an offensive perspective, because I was lucky to be around people like Sam Hartman and like Chad Greer, who are incredibly smart football minds. And you, you, you know, learning through osmosis, basically, you, you know, you I was learning from them, you know, Hey, instead uh, right here, you know, we're, we got a, uh, we're third and eight. Okay. You want to get nine yards on this stick route. You want to cut inside just a little bit to make sure you can go down and get the first down. We'll move on things like that. You know, you know, those are little tedious things and the tedious things Jamar chase does beautifully. The craziest thing about this game was the Raiders continued to go one-on-one coverage against Jamar chase. They were, they were playing man to man on Jamar chase. You can't do that. That's like that's like any time you know Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers looks at Devonte Adams and he has a man-to-man corner, you know where the football is going. It's going to Devonte Adams ten times out of ten, regardless if it's a run play, regardless if it's a screen pass. Aaron's just gonna snap the ball and throw it to Devonte. That's what happens, and that's what we're that's what we're seeing with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs uh, Cincinnati Bengals game a couple weeks back in the regular season he had 300 yards receiving 300 are you kidding me because they were manning him up they man-to-man coveraged him they didn't respect his talent and they also didn't respect that joe burrow is a pinpoint accurate passer the back shoulder fade and obviously i immediately when i think of back shoulder fades you go to aaron Rodgers, devonte adams the back shoulder fade with them, and it's crazy when you look at Devontae Adams and Jamar Chase. What I noticed from Jamar Chase and a lot of the elite receivers is their hand timing. Now, let me explain that. So when the ball is coming to the receiver, right, you want to wait as long as possible to put your hands up or out to give the perception to the defender that the ball is not coming to you. That's how I can tell a receiver is very good, depending on when he raises his hands to catch the ball. Devontae Adams basically doesn't raise his hands. He doesn't at all. He just lets the ball come to him because Aaron Rodgers throwing him the football. Jamar Chase does the exact same thing with Joe Burrow throwing him the football. It's absolutely unbelievable. So hats off to the Cincinnati Bengals. They will be taking on the Tennessee Titans coming up in the divisional round. And look, the Titans are a scary team. First in the AFC. They didn't have Derrick Henry basically the entire season. He is back for the playoffs. And they're still the one seed, which is crazy to me. They got home field advantage. A.J. Brown's healthy. Julio Jones is healthy. I think this is going to be a closer game than people are perceiving. I believe the spread right now, Titans are a three and a half point favorite. I, I think I think it's going to be within three, quite honestly. I think Cincinnati's going to keep it close. Look, if the Titans, if you can't run the ball, and obviously you can if you have Derrick Henry in your backfield, and it's funny, when you, when you think about Derrick Henry, if a team is stopping Derrick Henry in the first quarter, right, he's not getting the yards that he needs. You know what the Titans do? All right, let's keep giving it to him. Second quarter. That doesn't work out. Third quarter. That you you have to continue to give him the football because eventually the defenders are going to misstep. They're not going to want to get in front of a human who's six foot three, two hundred forty pounds, playing running back, running the football. It's unbelievable. A guy like that shouldn't be playing running back. He's playing defensive end, and so defenders get tired. And I think that'll happen late in the game. But newsflash: to the Tennessee Titans don't get in a shootout with these guys. If you get in a shootout, Joe Burrow is going to win that football game. But I think they'll keep it on the ground. They'll keep it close. But the Titans will pull that one out. Next game, absolute blowout. 
here. The Buffalo Bills taking on the New England Patriots in Buffalo. It wind chill. I mean, it was like, what, negative 5, negative 10 degrees. Josh Allen is out there in, you know, short sleeves. Basically, the entire Bills squad's in short sleeves. If you see that, you're like, oh, okay. Bet on them immediately because they understand the elements, and New England does too. But, I mean, for God's sakes, Mac Jones was wearing what it seemed like a hoodie under his pads and had a face mask covering his entire face. The kid played at Alabama, okay? He, does, he doesn't understand Buffalo, all right? He played in the SEC, okay? This is Buffalo in January, and it's just like Lambeau Field. Lambeau Field in January, Buffalo in January. That's dangerous, okay? But a 47-17 victory for the Buffalo Bills against the New England Patriots. Look, I came on this program a couple months ago, and I basically said we're setting up for a Tom Brady, you know, Patriots Super Bowl. Patriots got a long way to go after that football game. Patriots got a long way to go. The AFC is not too competitive, and especially the AFC North. It's really only, yeah, excuse me, the AFC East. It's really only the uh, Patriots and the Bills, and so they're just competing twice a year. They played for a third time. Let me let me throw this out there for you. Josh Allen had five touchdowns uh, on. He went twenty-one for twenty-five, three hundred yards. Basically, a perfect game. Five touchdowns. The Bills only had eight possessions in the entire game. They scored on seven out of those eight possessions. The first seven possessions of the football game were touchdowns for the Buffalo Bills. The last possession were kneel downs. So really, they had a perfect game. They didn't punt. They didn't kick a field goal. Only extra points. Absolutely beautiful football game. And what people don't talk about is their defense. Their defense flies around. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer may be the best one-two punch in the secondary in the NFL. It's absolutely unbelievable. The the interception Micah Hyde had uh, over Mac Jones was one of the more athletic things I've seen in quite some time. It was absolutely beautiful. The Buffalo Bills are a wagon, and they got to go to the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. This is going to be a game for the ages. The Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Buffalo Bills in the divisional round. Two young quarterbacks, two two young quarterbacks who are richer than anybody can even imagine. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, 12-year deal, $500 million. Josh Allen, six-year deal, $280 million. We're going to see this battle for the next 10 years. That's, that's what it is. And so relish in this moment and watch this game because it could be unbelievable. But the Patriots, I want to get into them for a minute because there was a lot of hype surrounding the Patriots, especially, I mean, they went on a seven-game winning streak. Of course we're going to get hype about the New England Patriots. They have a rookie quarterback who kind of looks like Tom Brady. It's like, oh, really? Again? We have to do this whole song and dance again with the New England Patriots and their insufferable fan base to continue to win because the Boston Celtics incredibly successful. Yeah, obviously. You know, for years and years and years, the Boston Red Sox incredibly successful. The New England Patriots incredibly successful. The Boston Bruins incredibly successful. Every Boston sports fan just annoys me to the point where I can't listen to them. I, I can't. And now, obviously, now they're all sandbagging, right? Oh, well, you know, we got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. Yeah, you do have a long way to go. Mac Jones has a long way to go. And I think about Mac Jones, you know, he's a good quarterback. He will be a good quarterback. But if, what if you put Trevor Lawrence in that system? What if you put Justin Fields in that system? Trey Lance in that system? I'm almost 99% sure they would all have similar success to what Mac Jones had this season. Because it is the New England Patriots, they have the foundation, and they have Bill Belichick. So the Patriots got a long way to go. They get to the playoffs this season. They'll probably get there again next year. 
But you're staring down the Buffalo Bills and this team who loves each other. They play for each other. They have a blast on the football field and have arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, Josh Allen. By the way, Josh Allen, when did we learn that he could run the football like Cam Newton? When did this happen? He's running the ball. He's the leading rusher on the Buffalo Bills. And that's a big concern, actually, when you look at the whole grand scheme of this thing. They need a running back. Josh Allen can't keep doing this. He can't keep doing this because he'll take a sh- he'll take a couple shots just like Cam did, and it ended his career. It ended his career. He took too many shots. So they need to get a running back, but the Buffalo Bills are an absolute wagon. They get a dominating victory in Buffalo over the New England Patriots, going to take on the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. Next game. This, this game was horrible. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Eagles, might be one of the bigger clowns in the NFL. Every single press conference that he does, I, I'm sure, and Philadelphia fans, I even though there's narratives around him, I love their fanhood, okay? I love the way that they trash talk. And you can love their fanhood much like you, you, you know, be, because they haven't won a ton. They've got, a, you know, the one Super Bowl against the Patriots. The 76ers haven't won anything, stuff like that. So they're, they're not insufferable. Even though, even though they're very loud mouth, much like the Boston fans, they're not insufferable. But this game here, Jalen Hurts struggled mightily. Now, everybody basically on Tampa Bay's defense, besides the secondary, Devin White was back, Levante David was back, Jason Pierre-Paul was back, Ndamukong and Sue, everybody. And that defense is very, very good. As we saw in the Super Bowl last year against Kansas City Chiefs, they're a very good defense. And they just stuffed them. They stuffed the Philadelphia Eagles. Look, Tampa Bay was the, uh, was the two seed. And Philadelphia was the last seed. So this is what's going to happen. I don't even want to spend too much time on this game because congrats to Philly for getting in, but you didn't have a shot coming into the game, and you didn't have a shot to go win the Super Bowl. You have a lot of you have a lot to do. You got a lot to do, and that goes back to my point. 24 out of the 32 NFL teams have a lot of work to do. There's six teams that can win it all. I think besides the Bengals, everybody in this divisional round coming up can win the Super Bowl. But Tom Brady, look, we're going to do this whole song and dance again, right? I'm going to come on this program and say, this ain't it. This ain't the year for Tom Brady. It's finally done. And what is he going to do? What's he going to do? What's he going to do? You know what Tom Brady's going to do? He's going to beat the Rams this weekend. He's going to go into Lambeau Field and pray to God. Obviously, you guys know I'm a Packers fan. I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. If he beats the Packers in Lambeau, he's going to win his eighth Super Bowl in Los Angeles. It's un- like we're going to do it again. We're- and he's probably going to play the Chiefs. And he's going to play Patrick Mahomes for the 15th time in the Super Bowl, it seems. We're going to do it again. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Again, what do we do on this program, ladies and gentlemen? We respect greatness, right? We respect the greats. I respect Bill Belichick. I respect Tom Brady. But give it up. You're 44. You've got all these these companies that are worth, you know, billions of dollars. I mean, all the NFTs that he's making and the Brady apparel. You're done. You're done. But one thing for the Bucks, they're banged up. Okay, they got guys out on offense. Chris Godwin's out. They're playing with a ton of young receivers. And, you know, obviously it's Tom Brady. So I'm I'm talking myself into being like, oh, you know, they got some problems on the offensive line. They 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 got young receivers. But at the end of the day, 12's playing quarterback for them, and that's what matters. But the Eagle, I mean the Bucks are moving on to the divisional round, taking on the Los Angeles Rams. Pittsburgh versus the Chiefs. This <laughs> big Ben, thank you, Ben. 
Everybody put you, put up your uh, put up your um, sign language love signs because this is what Ben does twenty four seven to everybody that he sees. Big Ben's final game, Big Ben's last stand. Yeah, it's hard not to laugh when you watch Big Ben play football this season. It's it was hard. It was hard not to laugh. You know, in his last game in Heinz Field, he threw the ball forty six times. He threw the ball forty six times. Had one hundred and twenty yards. 46 times, 120 yards. That's about, what, three yards per pa- per completion? Are you kidding? That's that's uh, just hilarious. Absolutely hilarious to me. But this game, TJ Watt took back a fumble early in this football game to go up 7-0, and I went, wait a minute. Is this about to happen? Is Big Ben going to beat the Chiefs? In the division, in the in the super, in the wild card round, this can't happen, right? And then the Chiefs eventually just turned it on. They were throwing touchdowns to linemen. Travis Kelsey, for God's sakes, threw a touchdown pass in this football game. They were toying, toying with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But thank you, Ben. We appreciate what you did. We all obviously, you know, your early year off the field issues. We're everybody for some reason is pushing to the side. I don't think that should be pushed to the side ever because you should always remember how just sick you were back in the day, all the reports that came out. But we appreciate what you did for the NFL, two-time Super Bowl champion. But I don't, I never want those things. And you guys know about my stances on these type of guys. Like, I have no sympathy, no respect for them whatsoever. Whatsoever. And I don't care that it was 13 years ago. Couldn't care. Still happened, still did it, and uh, nobody talks about it. But he's still a super, two-time Super Bowl champion. Now, the, what do the Steelers do? Do they go to the draft? Do they try to get Russell Wilson? Kirk Cousins, potentially. Maybe Derek Carr. I could see that happening. But it's going to be interesting to see with them. But the Kansas City Chiefs are peaking at the right time. We were talking about early in the season, are the Kansas City Chiefs dead? Is this a dead team? Can they not play football anymore? Are you? And now they're obviously the second seed, beating the Steelers 42-21 to at home. The Bills are coming to their place. And again, this is going to be one of the best games we've seen in a long time. In a very long, unless the Bills did what they did in the regular season and beat them 38-20, to but this is a completely different Chiefs team. This is a Chiefs team that is inspired. They, they, they show up for the playoffs. It's like New England every year with Tom. It's like, hey, we know we're getting there. We'll get there. And once we get there, let's go to work. Let's go to work and let's win the Super Bowl. And so, yeah, I mean, hats off to Big Ben, but the Kansas City Chiefs are absolutely rolling. Again, please, please, please tune in to the Bills-Chiefs game. It's going to be one for the ages. 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. Again, it's hard not to laugh because Jerry Jerry said, I mean, this this is a team. The, this team, we put this team together, and we got some guys. We got some guys, in, and we're paying them. I mean, we're paying them a lot of money to be here, and they're happy. Hey, again, what did he say to Micah Parsons, you know, in, in the draft room on the phone? Hey, son, you want to play with a star on your helmet? You want to play with that star on your helmet? We're going to take you. We're going to take you with 11 pick in the draft. And now, obviously, the San Francisco 49ers go into Jerry World and beat them 23-17. to Self-inflicted wounds every single year by the Dallas Cowboys. Look, you got two all-pros playing receiver for you. You got a great quarterback in Dak Prescott. You got an all-pro running back, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Not even a question. Beautiful offensive line. You got a young defense. Trayvon Diggs, for God's sakes, had 11 picks this season. 11 picks. Micah Parsons, as a rookie who played three different positions on the defense, had 13 and a half sacks. This was the team. 
This was it for the Dallas Cowboys to get there and self-inflicted wounds. He had 14 penalties during the game. Mike McCarthy, head coach for the Dallas Cowboys, his his uh, play calling, and even though he's not calling the plays any longer, Kellen Moore is, which by the way, Kellen Moore, he, he really, he started off hot with his play calling. I was loving it. But this guy, I, I mean, he was choking under pressure like nobody's business here. And the clock management from big Mike McCarthy, obviously, like calling timeouts and timeout positions where you didn't need it and then not calling them when you probably needed to call a timeout, you know, things of that nature. They haven't gotten past the divisional round in 25 years. You're the Dallas Cowboys. National media talks about you all the time because you're America's team. You got the biggest fan base. And year after year after year, you continue to disappoint them and it's hard not to laugh right it's hard not to be like well yeah jerry wake up pal all right you can't be making all the decisions any longer your time is gone you're done they put the roster together this season and you didn't get it done because you hired a coaching staff well i I really like Kellen Moore. I mean, when he, let me tell you something, when he was at Boise State, he was one hell of a quarterback. I mean, he was great. He's smart. He's going to come run the Dallas Cowboys offense. He's going to, he's come run the offense. And we'll see how that worked for you. Put up 17 points against the San Francisco 49ers, who struggled all season. They're getting hot at the right time, though. San Francisco is getting hot at the right time. And as a Packers fan, I was cheering for the Dallas Cowboys in this football game, even though I took the San Francisco because for some reason San Francisco was an underdog in this game. I was like, oh, oh, immediately go with that. Immediately go with that because San Francisco, they're a team that the defense is going to cover up a lot of holes that they have on the offense. But then on the offense, it's like you got a good offensive line. Debo Samuel might be one of the most incredible players I've seen in quite some time being able to run and catch the football. He made a new position for himself. He's called a wide back now because he's getting 10 carries a game and 10 targets a game. I mean, it's unbelievable what he's doing. They're peaking at the right time. They go into Jerry world. Obviously, the controversy at the end of the game, right? Dallas is driving down the football field. They get a big play. They get a big possession. And then all of a sudden, with about 16 seconds left, I would say. Dak Prescott runs a draw, okay? Runs a draw play, which, look, from a football standpoint, the play made sense. The play made sense because what San Francisco was doing, they lined up basically all of their secondary and linebackers on the sideline so they couldn't get out of bounds. That was your only option. But Dak Prescott needs to be a smart quarterback and realize, I don't have to run the ball 25 yards down the field right now. I can get 15, we'll be about 35 yards outside of the end zone, and we can go see if we can get in there with about five seconds left. He takes it 20 yards down the field, you got four seconds left, and the referee is 25 yards behind him trying to get to the football, and and Dallas basically downs it like they're about to snap the ball, and the ref comes in, he's like, yo, 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 Like I have to touch the football to be able to run the play. He runs into Dak while he's trying to get to the football, time expires, Dallas loses perfect fashion classic Dallas Cowboys this is what they do and it's hard to say that I didn't love it it's hard to say that I didn't love every single second of it just because of Jerry Jones and the way that he is and look if I was an owner I'd probably be exactly like Jerry Jones I do I do the local radio hit come to my press conference after the game right I got some things to say okay I'll be in the locker room all right I'll be in the locker room like hey hey What are we doing? We playing football? We playing patty cake. Okay, that'd be my number one line. That'd be my number one line if we weren't physical enough. But Cowboys, classic fashion, 49ers move on to take on the Green Bay Packers. 
if any team was going to beat the Packers in this playoff, it was going to be the 49ers. It's going to be them because they have Aaron Rodgers' number. They have the Packers' number. Aaron Rodgers is 0-3 against 49ers in the playoffs. He hasn't beat them. They have the defense to do it. Now, this Packers team feels different. Feels different than any other year. And they've got everybody back. Jair Alexander, he's been out the entire year. He's back. David Bakhtiari, been out the entire year. He's back. Whitney Merciless, linebacker. Amazing. He's back. This team's ready to go. They beat San Francisco early in the year on a you know late game field goal. This game's going to be close. It's going to be close. But again, this is a San Francisco team that plays in Santa Clara, which wrap your mind around that. But uh, the Santa Clara 49ers are going into Lambeau Field for an 8:15 kickoff. At kickoff, it's going to be zero degrees with a negative win- uh, with a wind chill of negative 10. So basically. Packers got this one locked down. When Aaron's got the turtleneck long sleeve on, game over. Game over. The guy's winning football. Okay, that's that's all I care about. That's all I know. That's all I love. This is going to be a phenomenal game, though. Saturday night. I'm incredibly excited for it. Last game here before we get out of here. Arizona taking on the Rams. Not much to say here. Arizona looked incredibly uninspired. They started the season 10-2. and They lose the last five games of the season. They come into this playoff game. I've never seen a team look that uninspired in my entire life. It, it was crazy. It was crazy to see they look nervous. Cliff Kingsbury looked nervous being in his first playoff game. And that sparks a bigger question about Cliff Kingsbury. All right, this guy was at Texas Tech, finished just under 500 in his career at Texas Tech, takes the Southern Cal uh, offensive coordinator job, and then gets hired a month later by the Arizona Cardinals and NFL team to be their head football coach. And I know he's an offensive genius. He's a great mind, right? But this might not be the guy. And Kyler Murray is a phenomenal talent. They've got a lot of phenomenal talent on there. DeAndre Hopkins was hurt, and I know that changes the offense, but this team has a long way to go if they're going to win anything. If they're going to win a playoff game, if they're going to win a divisional round, anything. They've got a long way to go. On the flip side for the Los Angeles Rams, peaking at the right time, playing good football. Now, the only the only bugaboo with the LA Rams is Matthew Stafford. He won his first playoff. This is his 13th season in the NFL. He won his first playoff game against the Cardinals. 13 seasons, finally wins a playoff game. How will he react? They're going into Tampa to take on Tom Brady. Matt Stafford has never been in this position before. In the playoffs, you're staring down Tom Brady. Personally, I think he's going to choke. I think he's going to choke under the pressure. I'll, I'll go ahead and give my predictions for the games. That's how That's how we'll, we'll, we'll leave this episode. I think the... Rams and uh, Rams and Bucks. I'm going to take the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to win by at least ten points. I think this isn't going to be close in Tampa. I just don't see the Rams being able to compete, even though Tampa is incredibly depleted on the offensive line. They've got young receivers. I'm trying to talk myself into the Rams right now, and it is not working because it's Tom Brady taking on Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, great quarterback, doesn't have the experience. You're staring down a guy who's got more playoff wins than 28 NFL franchises, and you've got one. You've got a singular playoff win. So that's that's just how it's going to go. That's how it's going to go. As far as uh, Bills and Chiefs, this one's going to be close. It's going to be a game where whoever has the ball last is going to win. It's going to be a high-scoring game, in my opinion. Even though the, the Bills' defense is very good and they've been very good against the Chiefs, you know what? I'm going to flip that. I'm going to flip that. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills here. 
I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills to cover. They're an underdog by one and a half points. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to take the money line. I think this is the year. This is the year for them to get to the Super Bowl. Now, if they play Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, ha! If they're in the Super Bowl, no chance. No chance. But I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. I think they stunned the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. I think that would be an awesome, awesome way to go about this. As far as Cincinnati and Tennessee goes, I kind of touched on that a little bit. I think Tennessee will win the football game. I think they'll cover the three-and-a-half spread, but this will be a close game you know, if Joe Burrow's going to have two touchdown passes. They're probably going to rush in for one. Tennessee is a very slow offense. They don't get moving. A lot of clock's going to be wasted. But I do think Tennessee is going to win this football game. And then we're looking at a Bills-Titans AFC Championship game. What more could you want from that? That's my prediction for that game. And Packers 49ers. Do I want to give my, you know, do I want to give my honest opinion or do I want to give my opinion of the Packers are going to win by 30 points? All right. No, I don't think that at all. Obviously, the Packers are a six point favorite. They won't cover the six. This is going to be a close game. I know this is going to be a close game here. I'm going to be sweating this one out, folks. I'm going to be sweating this one out on Saturday night. The Packers are going to get the win in Lambeau at home. Cold weather. Aaron Rodgers turtleneck. That's all you need to know about this football game. But 49ers do have the Packers number. They understand this football team. They know how to beat Aaron Rodgers. And we'll see if it comes to fruition. And ladies and gentlemen, I greatly appreciate everybody joining us here. Make sure you subscribe. Give me a five-star rating and be a friend. See a friend. Tell a friend. Share it with a friend. And I will see you beautiful people next week. Peace and love.